0: Let's talk about all the things you didn't learn at school. Let me help you understand your body, manage your mind, and explore the gifts of Mother Earth. Why? Because you have more control over your health and your dreams than you may have ever been taught before. And together, we will embrace it all, the ups and the downs, the ugly and the beautiful, the practical and the mysterious. It's time to navigate this thing called human life, not just be along for the ride. I am your host, Dr. Laura Hughes, and this is Earthling 101. Hi everyone, and if you're listening to this when I release it, happy lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. And if you aren't listening when I release this, no worries at all. All of the information will still be relevant, but I just want to send you love, <laughs> um, whether it be now or in the future looking back, because it's it's wild out there. Um, the, the energies are just inviting us to purge a lot, to release a lot, to um, just navigate a lot. So the energies of what's going on today really informed the topic of this podcast today, and this episode has been a long time coming. It's something I'm really excited to teach you about in a whole new way. If you've heard me speak on epigenetics before, I promise that I probably haven't spoken about it with this, this much clarity and this much um, bridging between spirit and science. And I actually did my PhD research in the realm of epigenetics, and it's always felt like such a random thing. Like when people ask me, like, tell me how you you know, came to that in your PhD. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, it just kind of fell into my lap um, and I don't really have a good reason why, because You know, it wasn't a topic that was very well researched at the time when I started. I had no previous experience in that area. Um, It really just was more a matter of convenience at the time. But in looking back, I'm like, of course, universe, of course, of course, this is why I went down that path and studied what I studied and, um, you know, did the research that I did. So you know that I am all about helping you remember how powerful you are. And if you don't understand the concept of epigenetics or you've never, never even heard that word before, I promise that regardless of whatever is your situation there, this episode will change your life. And I say that in the most humbled way. And like, as I just said, I've, I've, I've been researching this for a long time and I've been piecing together different bits and pieces for years. And it just feels like today... A few pieces of the puzzle finally fit together in a way that I had never thought about before. And I had one of those moments where I was like, oh, I wasn't even planning on doing an episode on epigenetics today for the podcast, but I have to because once people can, you know, wrap their head around this, they'll never be able to unsee it. And those are the things that have really changed my life. There's just certain like nuggets of information or certain concepts that once it clicks, I can't ever unsee it or ever unlearn it. And that just, I find that so empowering. So I'm hoping to give you that gift today. And I promise to teach this concept of epigenetics to you in a really embodied way. And, I, and by that I mean, I want to give you actual tips and an action plan for how to implement the knowledge. And I think maybe that's been something that's been missed in the past, whether that be my teaching or. You know, it is a buzzword right now in science. There's lots of, you know, it's, it's mainstream, the word epigenetics. And I think there's tons of info and awareness out there on the concept. But like, then what? Right? Then what? So I want to help you maximize simplicity. We're going to be talking about some really easy tips and tricks that if you do, it's inevitable that you will impact the quality of your physical and mental health in the most beautiful way, even if you have no comprehension of any of the science that I talk about today. And like, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to shy away from the science because I love to break things down in a way that makes it super easy to understand. And I, I, I think I can give that to you. But I, I really want you to make a choice here with how you approach this conversation. So I don't care if you also have a PhD in some kind of science. I don't care if you've never studied science before, if you have like grade two science. Um maybe this has been a place of overwhelm in the past for you. And like, you know, I care about you, I care about you a lot, but I actually don't care about your stories (laughs) because they don't matter. And if they don't serve you, then I don't care about them. I want you to choose to be curious and open and just in awe of what your human body is capable of. And again, I promise you will get what you need from the conversation to change your life. Okay. So as I said, Today happens to be a lunar eclipse, if you're listening almost live, um, you're probably still feeling the the intense energy of it. So maybe that's ironic, maybe not, I'm not sure. But as I always disclaim, I don't profess to be an astrologer, but astrology really informs my thoughts and my beliefs, and it's a guiding force in my life. So I always tune in, I'm always curious, I find it really interesting how things can unfold if you um, just can be open to it. And... You know, I've I've talked about that on on past podcasts as well. Just how what seems to be going on for the collective, um, we're we're going through a lot more together than sometimes we think we are, just based on our own individual experiences. And what's really interesting is when we can kind of take historical look looks at astrology as well and, and see patterns repeating, and then choose to act differently. So, um, I love that today is a lunar eclipse and. What happened today with the eclipse, I think, really, really brought me to what I want to share with you today. Um, And one of my favorite podcasts, and I'll link this in my podcast show notes, is Intuitive Astrology with Molly McCord. And she does two a week. She's like a powerhouse. Uh, Mondays is more like a general theme or general concept about astrology, and then Wednesday she does a weekly forecast. So every Wednesday you can kind of get like the week ahead, kind of like a weather forecast, what you might expect, how you might choose to show up differently if you have that knowledge. And I was just cleaning my bathroom this morning and listening to her episode from Monday actually because I hadn't gotten around to listening to it yet. Okay, so what's going on with this eclipse is, in a nutshell, if you can picture the sun and the moon in the sky, and they're, like, they're opposite of each other, there's like a pulse of energy as they kind of play off of each other, as they communicate with each other. And that happens with all the planets. It's how they interact with each other and then in turn how they interact with us and Earth um, that really informs the energy and it informs our lens of how we see the world. So anyways, the sun and the moon, like they're talking, and then today, like with this lunar eclipse, the Earth moves right between that. They're essentially interrupting that conversation. So like imagine you're at a party uh, talking to your friend and someone else walks right between you and it just totally startles you out of conversation. It's like, what just happened? <laughs> it eclipses your conversation, right? So with eclipses, it it the it just tends to bring around or about a sudden clarity or or releva- or re- yeah, relevation. What's that word? Revelation? Relevation? Revelation. <laughs> it can feel big. It can feel like an invitation to let go of something or to embrace something. And like this current one that we're in, this like it's a lunar eclipse. Um, it's apparently like, you know, very like broadly speaking, again, if you have your favorite astrologers, you can really dig into like the nuances of it, but I just kind of like just general themes. And then, um, it just informs how I choose to look at my life because I think we really do have free, free will as humans and you can take it or leave it. And if, if you don't resonate with astrology at all, then I promise I'm going to get to some, to the juice of the podcast in a second. Um, but this eclipse is the energy is all about purging purging fears and stories and what-if narratives. And if you happen to be listening to this way after the eclipse, again, no problem at all. It's perfect. I think all of this is just setting the tone for today's topic in a really powerful way. And that intention that I've set will still be here whenever you listen. So whenever you're listening, I really just invite you to let go of all the stories you've had in the past about what's possible for you and how good you can feel choose to let this episode inform new beliefs and then take action from that place, right? So I just want you to kind of feel into your body, um, just kind of ground in and like where are you ready to shift and learn something new and how can this podcast help you do that, okay? So um, I feel like this this eclipse energy just really set the tone for today's episode from that perspective. But also Molly said something that literally made me stop cleaning the bathroom and come back to my computer and like literally sit down and start recording this episode and just just hold on to that thought. And we'll come back to that in a second, because when I heard it, I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, OK, like I have to do a podcast on epigenetics because this just was like one of the missing pieces of the puzzle. OK. But let's jump in. Let's jump into epigenetics. Let's get a bit science-y. Let me explain to you what it is and why you should care. Okay. At a very basic level, we inherit half of our DNA from our mom and half of our DNA from our dad, like our biological mom and our biological dad, okay? So you are essentially 50% your mom and 50% your dad. And when you put that DNA together, you get you and you're a unique new person. And then if you go on to have children, you will give half of that DNA to your child and the other half will come from your partner right so your your child will have parts of your your parents in them as well that's the DNA and I think because you know this has been the narrative for a very long time and when I say that epigenetics is a new topic I mean that like it's you know I can't believe how fast time is flying as I think about it but I started my PhD in 2007 And this was like really like some of the first studies had just been published. And I think research in this area has been going on for a lot longer than that. It maybe wasn't called epigenetics. And I think, you know, I've read research that was published even before the human genome project was published, and I think maybe it was suppressed a little bit because um, of the empowerment in it. Right. It, It was really tapping people back into their power and maybe certain industries didn't like that. But regardless, it's relatively new. And I think just based on how new it is and how, you know, something happens in science and it takes a little bit longer or sometimes a lot longer for it to go mainstream, that maybe people are just learning about it now or maybe you've never learned about it. So for a lot of people, the main narrative of their awareness around disease is that, you know, whatever happened to their mom or dad or their grandma or grandpa um, is going to happen to them or they're at a much higher risk because of that. Right. So if dad had cancer I'm going to get cancer. If mom was obese, I'm going to be obese Um, and on and on and on. So one of my favorite quotes in this area, it comes from Bruce Lipton. He's a PhD scientist who wrote an amazing book. I'll link to it in the show notes. I think I've probably talked about it on this podcast before. It's called The Biology of Belief. And he says, um, so many of us are leading limiting lives, not because we have to, but because we think we have to right if you believe that your dna is your destiny that whatever's happened in your family like you're going to get it you just start living your life a certain way because you think you have no control there and no no influence there and it's just not true that's just that's just a thought and again no shame if that's what you've thought because that's probably what you were taught and conditioning plays a huge part in our lives right so so many of us are leading limiting lives with how far we push ourselves with what how good we can feel in our body, right? I, I talk about leading limiting lives. Like when I, my mind automatically goes to like, am I living my best life in terms of what I'm creating, in terms of like how I'm expanding? But also some people have just settled for the fact that they're gonna be sick their whole life and or they're going to get sick. And I promise you, it doesn't have to be that way. You can feel so much better. And this comes back to, you know, the episode we did on, you are an intergalactic miracle of divine light. You are meant to heal. You are meant to feel well and even when you have some kind of pathology, um, you still have so much choice there, okay? So your DNA is not your destiny and for a really long time again, we were taught that DNA controls the movement of cells and by movement of cells, I mean how cells respond and express themselves. So as human beings, we have, I think, Somewhere in the realm of 40 trillion cells in our body and they're, they're kind of just hanging out like until something tells them to like act and express themselves, right? So our, our cells all carry the same DNA and then it's up to something to tell them what to do with that. And for a very long time, we almost pictured like the DNA at the control center telling ourselves what to do. And that's, that's not true anymore. Now we know that it's our environment that causes cells to, rem- to move and express themselves in different ways. And when you think about that, if you can imagine that, imagine that we've always thought that DNA, like I want you to picture like a little man, like almost like, yeah, like in an air traffic control building or a bulldozer or something. I'm picturing him up. Actually, what I'm picturing, and maybe I'm really aging myself here, but you guys remember like Pinky in the Brain? I don't know what cartoon that was from. I want to say like, I want to see like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I might be totally off. I'm picturing this little brain in like a glass dome and he's like at literal controls and he's like manipulating stuff. Like remove that and just picture this. We have our senses for a reason, right? Um, Like as humans, we're born. We have our sight, our smell, our hearing, our touch, our taste. And that's because our planet Earth is like is unlike any other, at least in this, you know, solar system. And doesn't that strike you? Like when I see pictures from NASA, I'm like, why would I want to go to Mars when it actually looks like a barren hellhole? And like, don't get me wrong, I totally love the brain power and the thought that got us to that level of discovery in this lifetime. And I'm sure there's other planets and other galaxies and star systems that have a bit more going on. But at the end of the day, I do believe that we, you know, as spiritual beings came to Earth to experience Earth. And there's something very special and very unique about Earth, at least, you know, in our galaxy, right? And if our vehicle here on Earth is our human body, then of course it makes sense that our environment is what causes our cells to move and respond in some way. It's like our planet is telling our body how to act. And that makes total sense. Like, it's a symbiotic relationship that we have as humans and the planet. And I know we've really gotten away away from that with... Technology and isolation and you know cement and just everything that blocks us from Earth, but we, we really are inherently designed to have the symbiotic relationship. So let's get really clear about what's going on here, and I'm going to get a little bit sciency, but it's just for a couple minutes. So stick with me. I just really want you to marvel at this and to understand what's going on here. So our DNA is organized into genes. And, you know, as I said, we get half of our genes from our mom and half of our genes from our dad. And then this creates our unique genome, our personal genome. Now, this is just the blueprint of who we are. It's not our destiny. How, you know, our house, if our body is our house, how our house is built depends on how our genes choose to express themselves, right? You know, we could have a red door, we could have a blue door, (laughs) like it depends on how our genes the gene for the door decides to express itself. And this depends on how it's interacting with its environment. So if we take the word epigenetics and kind of break that apart, epi means on top of, and genetics means your genes, genetics. So the study of epigenetics, we're studying something on top of your DNA. So the official definition is that it's the study of changes in organisms caused by modification of gene expression, rather than alteration of the genetic code itself. This is really important to understand, which I'll get to in a second. But by gene expression, I mean, how loudly or how softly are your genes speaking? How are your genes expressing themselves? Are they going to shout or are they going to whisper? Sometimes we want them to shout and sometimes we want them to whisper. And we can use our environment to control that um, or to influence that rather, if we are aware of it, right? And if we aren't aware, of just how much our environment interacts with our DNA and we can, you know, make choices that or put ourselves in situations that um, are detrimental, then genes can start shouting when they aren't supposed to or being turned off altogether when we really want them on. And this is what leads to pathology. So for example, we have tumor suppressor genes. These are a class of genes and they do exactly what the name says. They suppress tumors. And you can imagine that we want these genes to be look upregulated we want them to be on we want them to be expressing themselves because if they are working properly if they're expressing themselves they're creating a situation where tumors can be suppressed now when they're off if something in the environment you know that's detrimental has you know downregulated them then we aren't able to suppress tumors as efficiently and you can imagine what happens right it can lead to things like cancer so I just said that epigenetics is what happens with gene expression to influence a cell versus changing the genetic code itself, right? It's happening on top of the genes where the environment is adding a little tiny tag of some sort or causing the DNA to fold in a certain way, which means that it's being read in a different way. But we're not actually changing the genetic code itself. Um, We're not changing the blueprint. I want to say this because... We know that certain environmental toxins, for example, can actually mutate DNA. And by mutate DNA, I mean actually alter the blueprint, like you're changing the code there. You're you're you're, you can't reverse that. Um, And, you know, this is important because, you know, this can happen in our life, but we can also inherit DNA mutations from our parents. Um, we can we can you know inherit that from what they pass on to us, and this can increase the risk of certain diseases. And I think um, like BRCA one and two mutation, like BRCA one and two, that's probably the most famous quote unquote example of this. So we know that women who inherit this mutation from their parents, um, there's like debate if it, if it's maternal or paternal. There's still, they're still investigating all of that that doesn't really matter right now for for this example. But um, we know that women who inherit this mutation do have a much higher risk of developing breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And what's really powerful and important to understand here is that unlike genetic changes like a mutation, epigenetic changes are reversible and do not change the actual DNA sequence. Um, All they're doing, as I said, is changing how your body reads a DNA sequence. And I really want you to understand this because it means that in many situations, we aren't screwed. You can reverse pathology. You can heal, even if you've already developed something, right? Um, If the DNA itself hasn't been altered, we can do many things to reverse unwellness and, and, and turn that into wellness. You can essentially create a new version of yourself from the blueprint and I think it's important here to say that this is an area of research that's just exploding right now, and I think a lot of information is still to come forth, and, you know, I would need to dig in a lot deeper to, to like, give you answers for every scenario, but I want to assure you that there is research working on, like, if you have inherited um, a DNA mutation, or one has been created in this lifetime for you, Um it's not guaranteed that that gene will express itself, right? There's still so much you can do with your with your choices and with your environment to minimize your risk as much as possible, even if you have that underlying larger risk than most of the population. So, this is meant to give you hope. This is meant to really just I don't know, it just it makes it just it gives me so much hope and expansion and possibility. So just to kind of paint a picture of how powerful your environment is, I just wanna use like a very simple example. And it's the example of the honeybee. So honeybees, you know, thousands of larvae are laid at a time, that like little, little tiny eggs, and they are they're all genetically identical. They all have the exact same DNA. They're clones of each other, essentially. And we also know that like if you cracked open a hive, We have different types of bees in there, right? We have the queen bee, for example, and we have worker bees. So, like, how does this happen if all of the larvae are identical at the DNA level? Well, we know that it actually depends on their diet. What diet they're exposed to as they're developing dictates who they become. So we know that if the bee is exposed to worker jelly in development then they end up becoming a worker bee this means that they have a shorter lifespan it's only about three to six weeks they have a little stinger they they are actually infertile they have ovaries but they they aren't active um versus if the exact same genetically designed little larvae is exposed to royal jelly they have a totally different outcome. They become the queen bee. They, they don't have a stinger. They're much larger. They have a much longer lifespan. They live up to two years sometimes. Um, whereas the worker, I think I just said, if I didn't, they only live like three to six weeks. So, you know, their longevity, their, it's just, it's different, right? It's amazing if you think about it. And of course, being the queen has very active um, reproductive organs. So this all depends on their diet. Their diet teaches their DNA or um, labels their DNA in a way that it's read, that it expresses itself totally differently. And as a result, there's a totally different outcome. And I want you to think about that next time you're making dietary choices. Like This is the power of food over how our DNA expresses itself and how our cells are ultimately functioning. And I'd love to add just one extra layer to this. I think there's so much that we can do in our everyday life right now to... Um, really optimize how our genes are expressing themselves, and, and you know, create that optimal physical health for ourselves. But science shows that offspring can inherit epigenetic markers from their parents as well. And you know, much like how we talked about how we can inherit mutations from our parents, we can also inherit epigenetic markers from their experience. And I think it's really interesting, and I want to bring light to it because I know a lot of us care about the future. We care about creating an Earth that we can leave to future generations. And I just really want to invite you to recognize how your life choices right now. Um, and I don't wanna say this in a way that, you know, sends you into fear or lack or judgment, but just what a beautiful opportunity there is to make choices that can beneficially benefit our future generations through what they inherit in their DNA from us, right? So let me give you some examples that just kind of might help you see um, just how possible it is for offspring to inherit trauma and to inherit, um, I don't want to say negative, but to inherit um, these modifications that, you know, don't necessarily set them up for success right away. So I think one of the most powerful experiments they've done is with mice. And then it was really interesting. They exposed a group of mice to a certain smell. And while they were being exposed to the smell, shocked them, like uh, with an electric shock. So they learned to associate the smell with, with the pain of the shock, okay? What happened was they then made these mice reproduce. And then in the second generation, these offspring, what happened was when they were exposed to the scent, to the smell, they reacted in the exact same way as their parents did if they were being shocked. But they weren't being shocked. There was like no electric shock around. It was simply the smell triggered the trauma that 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 was being carried somewhere in their DNA. um, And this lasted two or three generations. So it's just incredible. Um, In humans, they've done a lot of research on big traumatic events like 9-11, World War II, showing that women who are pregnant during these experiences and experienced um, grief or loss or shock or stress. um, I think we can narrow that all down to like extreme stress that their offspring um, have different health outcomes because of, because of that experience. So it's really fascinating. And it just leads me to believe, I mean, we're humans, right? So we can't, you know, often predict or prevent things in the external from happening to us. But if we're aware of it, we can always bring ourselves back home, right? We can be, we can be doing the most that we can with what we have to ensure that within our power, we are leaving the best legacy we can for in our DNA, for that memory to be carried on, you know what I mean. So this is where we get a little bit esoteric, and um, I was like, I'm going to lose some people with the science, and I'm going to lose some people with the esoteric stuff. But here we go. We're getting esoteric here for a second, because this is what inspired me to like get my butt in the chair, and I was like, oh my gosh, this just brought it all home for me today, and. I think in the past i have been i don't want to say reluctant to talk about epigenetics but i'm like there's just so much spirituality here there's so much um i don't even don't even want to call it magic but just so much dimension here that i just had trouble articulating and i didn't know how to kind of bring it together and it happened today in molly mccord's podcast so remember we were saying that today is this lunar eclipse and this means that the earth has essentially interrupted a conversation between the sun and the moon. And this is an eclipsed energy, right? So, um, it just kind of like, it's startling. And what's happened, Molly says, is, I mean, this is her intuitive, um, you know, downloads, is that we're feeling this at a DNA level. So both the sun and the moon are talking to our DNA and activating deeper soul experiences that we didn't know we were carrying. So, um... You know, she says that these are gifts of consciousness and gifts of awakening, which if you kind of sit with this, I think you'll understand. But it's helping us understand something that you've been carrying from your lineage. And by lineage, I mean like what you've inherited in your DNA from your ancestors, not just your parents, but from your grandparents, your great grandparents. You're like all the way back as far as you want to go, right? So what's happening with this energy is that we are remembering some emotional experiences we've had around spiritual programming and the energies are activating various stories that have been really influential in our lives, but it hasn't been the whole story. There's been some info left out. um, And this is usually, you know, info about personal sovereignty, personal choice. Like if you think about the narratives right now around spiritual programming, and by spiritual programming, we can think of whatever, right? Like religion, science. um, I mean, I think anything can be defined as spiritual. It's just, it's kind of like what we kind of outsource our connection to, right? So a lot of us, um, we're carrying conditioning that isn't ours. We've been taught it. It's been passed down to us, both verbally, intellectually, and apparently in our DNA. But it hasn't been the whole story. There's been info left out. Um, and this energy is helping our soul remember the full story. So she was giving the example, like, if only 20% of the story has been active in our DNA and active in how that expresses in our lives. Now 80% is coming on board. Um or now like the other 80% is coming on board. So we have this huge new awareness um that's reminding us of our personal power here on earth, our personal sovereignty, our personal like the power of um just what we can each do as an individual, right? Outside of systems. And to me this is so powerful. Because I think it speaks to how we carry memory in our DNA, like what the science is actually showing with those examples of the mice and the you know the the babies born after nine eleven and after the war, but also because it's all about remembering personal power, and I think that's what my message about epigenetics has always been. It's like you have so much personal power over what you expose yourself to, what you're thinking, what your you know what your environment looks like, what you're eating, and I think you know maybe we haven't been awake enough to fully comprehend how beautiful that is. Um, So like, how do we play with all this? How do we, how do we tap into this? How, how do we take it um, from being more than just this concept? And I promised I would tell you that. So we need to talk about the environment. We need to identify exactly what that means and where we have the most power and what we can do from that sphere. So When we talk about the environment, that's a big word. I think we need to narrow it down even more, right? So we can talk about our internal environment, so our consciousness, our brain, our thoughts, what's going on on the inside of our bodies in terms of like consciousness, and then our external environment. So the actual physical environment that our bodies are interacting with, that our five senses are interacting with. So you all know I love talking about the brain. I love talking about thoughts. And that's where this kind of all comes home. And I love, as I said, Bruce Lipton's work. He is a pioneer in this space. Um, His book, The Biology of Belief, really takes, takes this very esoteric concept of like thoughts become things, thoughts create your reality, and shows at like a cellular biological level how this happens. So he... Just really drives home how important it is to manage your mind and manage your thoughts. And he he talks about thoughts and feelings being like signals for ourselves. So I think it's easy for us to understand if we think about um, our our cells have a little signal on them to respond to something, how they can interact with our you know physical reality, like our our physical environment, but we often don't see our thoughts and our feelings as signals either. And he's really, his work has shown that what you think and what you feel actually creates chemistry and our bodies respond to chemistry, our cells respond to chemistry and um, it, it really does dictate gene expression. So what Bruce says is he says, your perception of any given thing at any given moment can influence the brain chemistry which in turn affects the environment where your cells reside and controls their fate. I was like, oh my gosh, that's just, it's so powerful. So he basically says, instead of saying thoughts become things, thoughts become your reality, thoughts become chemistry. Like it actually changes your neurochemistry and the chemistry of your body. Um, so, I think the danger here is that people will be like, oh my gosh, I got to think positive thoughts. I got to like, ah. you know, got to be all positive and never let a negative thought in my mind. And it's not about that, right? Um, this really is just about deepening into the human experience. This is what I always talk about, right? It's about compassion. It's about awareness. It's about allowing. Um, it's about la- like turning off the judgment. If nothing else, just turn off the self-judgment. It's about just Learning to recognize how we talk to ourselves um, and just have so much love and respect for ourselves that we 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 want to have awareness there and we want to minimize it as much as we can and learn to bring ourselves back to a, a place of love. So um we can have we can have an internal environment that serves ourselves. Okay. Also, I think if we bring in the ancestral trauma piece of it, which we talked about, you know, it could be you know, that your mom was in the war and, you know, had you and you have that ancestral trauma. It could be what we talked about where you're not even aware of it, but like 500 generations ago in your lineage, you were a witch that, like your mom was a witch that was burned at the stake. I don't know. That's like, that. that's the example that's popping to mind. But you have that emotional ancestral trauma that you don't know where it came from or why you're picking up on it, but you can choose in this lifetime to heal it. You can choose to accept it for what it's where it's brought you and then choose not to pass it on anymore. I think that's where that's where the internal environment comes in as well. And then maybe what might resonate more with things you can do right now because you know the thought work takes time, that emotional awareness takes time. That's that's a practice. But what you can do almost instantly is with your external environment. So your external environment is pretty much everything that's happening outside of your body right now. And there's tons and tons of research showing that, um, gene expression differs through epigenetics based on our environment, whether that be clean air, water, soil, smoke, air pollution, um, our food, whether that be caloric restriction, whether that be processed food, whether that be sugar, whether that be, um, you know, trans fats, (laughs) exercise, moving your body, um you know, sweating, um, you know, getting your sweat out. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Sleeping. Sleep is a huge one. Like, how well are you sleeping? Are you on blue screens before you go to bed every night? All these things, right? And I always, you know, I think of, um, I always bring myself back to doTERRA has this amazing wellness pyramid where if you have these foundations of health, everything is kind of going to be building off of each other. So I I memorize this because it it kind of brings me back to like where I really have power in my life. And it comes down to eating right. So again, the food, um, exercising, moving my body, resting and managing stress, right? So sleeping, blue screens. What are you exposing yourself to at work? How are you letting other people talk to you? Um, How are you having conversation with other people? Um, How are you dealing with the external world right now and everything going on. And this is where we kind of, we have kind of a a symbiotic relationship happening with the internal environment as well, right? Because a lot of that has to do with how are you managing your thoughts? How are you processing your emotions? So there is overlap for sure. But reducing toxic load, this is a huge one, guys. Like if all you do is recognize how harmful most products in your home are right now, whether that be I mean, we think of cigarettes as being an obvious one, alcohol, um, but cleaning supplies, beauty supplies, body lotion, perfume, air freshener, um, incense sticks, um, bug repellent. (laughs) I'm thinking of all the things that smell. Um, All of these things. And then I have people kind of pushing back at me when I say that and they're like, well, like, why can I buy it at the store? Like, why do they advertise it on TV if it's so toxic for me? And at the end of the day, that's just what's allowed and just because it's allowed to be sold in a store doesn't mean that it's good for you and doesn't mean that um, the government actually cares that it's bad for you and research has shown over and over and over again that especially synthetic fragrance is one of the worst things that you could be exposing yourself to Um, internal air pollution so air pollution in our homes is actually often worse than air pollution outside from smog and from car exhaust and stuff like that. And most people have no idea. They happily burn their candles. They happily, you know, spray their perfume, um, laundry soap, uh, fabric softener, all of these things. And it's just, it's not that, you know, one thing is going to kill you, but the compound effect of this is huge, right? So we wonder why the chronic disease in our society has increased so dramatically in the past, you know, 30, 40 years, it's because we have, we're being exposed to so many more synthetic chemicals. We have totally depleted our soil of things that actually benefit our food. (laughs) This is why we have to supplement, right, with with supplements. Um, Newborn babies right now are being born with hundreds of chemicals in their cord blood that never would have shown up there, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. So we can really take control here. We can really choose not to have these products in our home. Um, One of my favorite apps is called... um I think it's called like, think, oh my gosh, I should, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's by the Environmental Working Group. I think it's called Skin Deep. And you can really put all of your beauty products through, your sunscreen, your makeup, your lotions, your potions, your shampoo, your conditioner, and just see how toxic it is. And then ask yourself, like, what's the compound effect of this, right? I don't want to scare you. I just want, I want to show you that this is one place where you could make a change like today. And I guarantee you will feel physically better and you will feel mentally better. And then of course we have, you know, things like um medication and, you know, we can have m- medications that benefit our epigenetics, like um acupuncture for example, or we can have medications that maybe you know, you know, I know some people have to be on medication, so I want to be sensitive here, but like you know, we don't want to be on medications that we don't want to, that we don't have to be on, right? And that's that's a pattern that we're falling into as a society as well is like compound pharmacy. And most elderly people don't actually die from their pathology, they die because they're on so many medications and the medication is to deal with the side effects of the previous medication. So Lots, lots of, lots of control here. Okay, so like, what do we do with all this now? So you're aware of your internal environment. You're aware of your external environment. And I hope that I've painted a picture that there's lots of different ways that you can take control here. You can do so many different things and everyone is on their own journey and everyone is going to find their own way of navigating this and and make changes in their own way. But I promised you maximized simplicity. And I think you guys know what I'm going to say because this is like... One of my passions, essential oils, specifically doTERRA essential oils, because they're so pure and so potent, is the way that you can approach this in the most simplistic way that is going to maximize your results. And that's because we can use our essential oils for everything that I just talked about. We can use it for anchoring in new mindset. We can use it to calm our stress. We can use it to um, move our bodies and heal from you know muscle pain. We can use it to rest better, to sleep better. There's a huge potential here to use oils to reduce toxic load because we can make everything from plants. We can make our face creams. We can make our face serums. We can make our household cleaners. Um, We don't need 25 different cleaners (laughs) to clean every different surface in our home. We basically need vinegar, water, and lemon. Like imagine, Just like, I just felt like all the weight lift off my cells when I think of that simple concoction versus the synthetic crap that... I used to use before I was woke to all of this. And if nothing else, just diffusing essential oils to get rid of air fresheners, to get rid of your perfume. um, It's huge. And why I say this maximizes simplicity is because now you have this information and you know that there's things you can do, but you know, I hear it all the time, like nothing works. I'm overwhelmed. Like I tried this and then I stopped and like, oh, I've fallen off the bandwagon again. And all it does is lead to more self-judgment. And what this does is that regardless of what you're using your oils for, you can forget everything I talked about in this presentation. I guarantee that for the one thing that you're using them for, you're benefiting five other things. You're benefiting your epigenetics in five different ways. Um, And this is where it becomes really powerful because that's if you're unconscious to it and you just kind of develop a habit and just reflexively do it. Imagine what's possible If you approach this from a place of love and excitement and awe and wonder, um, just imagine, just imagine. Oh my gosh, it just makes me so excited. I wanted to finish off with a quote from my favorite, um, Zach Bush, just to anchor in what's possible if you approach something from a place of consciousness. And from consciousness, I mean just being present to this conversation today and keeping it in your mind. He says, he said a lot, but I'll narrow it down to one sentence. Um, He said this on Instagram yesterday. I'll link to the post in my show notes because it was beautiful. He says, you are a quantum miracle, a physical manifestation born from the dance of solar radiation and light, energy, water, and your unique DNA antenna. Hello, you. Thank you for showing up again today. So, guys, thank you for showing up again today on my podcast. Thank you for listening as I just kind of went off on a tangent there. um, I'm just so excited to bring the science and the spirit of what's possible here with our human body and just tap you back into your control and tap you back into your potential and help you realize that your blueprint is not your destiny. And you can, you know, there's so many different ways, and I support you in all of the different ways that you could approach this. But if you really want to maximize simplicity, Like my favorite tool is essential oils. Um, If you already use doTERRA essential oils, I know we have quite a few people from the community that listen to the podcast. I hope this taps you back in to the gift in your hands and just helps you use each bottle every day with so much gratitude for the plants and for yourself and love. And I just got shivers and I could almost cry right now because it's just I wasn't woke to this when I started using the oils. I was using them to feel better. And now that I know how they actually are benefiting me on that level, it's just so humbling. And if you've never used doTERRA essential oils and you are like, I need, I need these now. I need to get these in my hands. It would be such an honor to support you with that. I'd love for you to just shoot me an email, laura at drlaurahughes.com. So that's doctor with a D-R. Um, I'll, I'll put my email address in the show notes or just message me on Instagram um, because it looks a little bit different for, from whatever country that you're listening from. Um, but I can support you wherever you are and we can get you really exploring this and maximizing the simplicity because it doesn't have to be difficult. It can be easy and you can feel so much better. So thank you guys for listening. I will catch you back here soon. Thank you for joining me here on the Earthling 101 podcast. It would be so amazing if you would take a second to hit the subscribe button from wherever you're listening, or if you enjoyed the content to leave a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or topics you'd like me to consider for future episodes, please visit me at my website, drlaurahughes.com, or on Instagram at drlaurahughes.